everyone. This is Mini with an exciting episode of our podcast, You Speak. My guest today is Nick Loper, who is the founder of SideHustleNation.com. Nick is a successful entrepreneur, writer, blogger, and podcaster. He has written several books and blogs, built websites, and started a series of successful podcasts. The award-winning Side Hustle Show is a top 10 entrepreneurship podcast with over 1,005 star ratings. Nick has coached a few entrepreneurs and also has been featured in New York Times, NBC, Entrepreneur, and Fortune Magazine, to name a few. Let me welcome Nick to our show. Hi, Nick. A very warm welcome. How are you? Doing well, Minnie. Thanks for having me. Well, very good. I hope you are ready for your interview. And don't worry, I will not be too hard on you. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Okay, so tell me something about you so that my audience can relate to this discussion. Take us through the journey that brought you to the current situation. Who am I? Well, today I am a husband and father. Our two boys are six and four. They keep us pretty busy, and but I'm still grateful to be able to carve out some time to do the side hustle show and continue to source these really interesting stories of people who've been there, done that, got it done somehow with limited time and resources and made their own income streams. I still find that super, super inspiring. Now 500 episodes and nine years deep into it. Okay. So um, your website says that you used to work. Can you share what kind of work you did before starting your business? Yeah, my uh, my one and only corporate job out of college was as a manufacturer's rep for Ford Motor Company, where my primary role was to uh, interface with their dealers on the service and parts side of their business. And, uh, you know, the Ford makes money in really three ways, right? They sell cars, they sell parts, and then they sell financing and insurance products like on top of that stuff. And so I was kind of on the insurance and the parts side, like with the goal being sell more Ford parts through this uh, dealer channel. It was, I mean, the car business is a fascinating business. Some of these dealers had been in business for generations. It was really cool to kind of come in and see how they operated. But at the same time, I knew from probably even before I started, like I had very little desire to climb the corporate ladder and uh, have that be my path. So I was looking for something uh, on the side. And what that turned out to be my original side hustle was a comparison shopping site for footwear, where it would show you where you could find the best price of your next pair of shoes. And it would earn affiliate commissions when somebody would come through and buy through the site. Okay, so um, how long you work in before you started your business? So how long you worked in the corporate world? So it was three years there, and pretty much that entire time I was trying to get the shoe business up and running on the side. And it took it took a long time. It took a lot of nights and weekends to finally feel comfortable. Uh, you know, handing in my notice to my boss and turning in the keys <laughs> to the company car and saying, "All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to make a run at this." It was probably not replacing my full salary at that time. I was making around 50 grand a year, which was kind of low for California where we were at. I talked to a lot of people who are really high income earners and it becomes almost the golden handcuffs, like where you know the lifestyle has crept up to meet that high level of income. And it's really difficult or more difficult to build a side hustle to that level. 
And so I was at a pretty low salary, relatively speaking, and uh, had low expenses. And so even though the business income, the side hustle income wasn't quite that level, I was confident with uh, an extra 40, 50 hours a week to dedicate to it that I could get it to that level and beyond. Okay. So do you think that your corporate job prepared you for your venture? They were almost completely unrelated. It, it's kind of weird. I guess there was some, maybe some carryover in having sales conversations and you know being in front of people face-to-face that maybe benefited me down the road. But it was, you know, one was very old school, like this hundred year old company. And the other was this online business that was almost entirely virtual. So it was kind of not a lot of overlap. I would say that the side hustle stuff, I think made me a better employee, which maybe not a lot of employers would have that same perspective. But I saw that by being all of a sudden, by being the CEO of my own little enterprise, you know, by nights and weekends, I was able to see the big picture uh, at work at the day job, like the profit and loss, the strategy and like, okay, well, how does this fit into the big picture vision for this uh, operation? And all that was probably more helpful than, than the day job helped me with the side business. Mm-hmm. So, so when did you actually start your uh, uh, business? I would say, when did you start uh, Side Hustle Nation? When was that? Which year? Yeah, so Side Hustle Nation started uh, in the spring of 2013. I'd already been uh, a full-time entrepreneur for five, almost five years at that point, and had started a bunch of different projects, which for the sake of full disclosure, most of which failed, most of which didn't go anywhere. <laughs> they, you know, kind of died a slow and painful death in some dark corner of the internet, but a couple of them stuck around. Uh, one of them was a virtual assistant directory that I sold in late 2020, and the other was the side hustle nation stuff. That was just so much fun to work on, and I, it, it was absolutely a side project from the shoe business at that time, but within mm-hmm. a year and a half, kind of became the main focus for me. So that shoe business was also totally online, or it yes. was uh, okay. All right. Okay, so according to you, when it comes to your side hustle work, keep the three C's in mind. So would you like to tell my audience what those three C's are? Those are creation, connection, and contribution. And it starts with this creation piece of coming up with an idea. Like, what are you going to put out into the world that has your own unique stamp on it? It doesn't have to be you know, something never before seen because somebody gave me the example of like, well, how many dry cleaners are in your town? How many sushi restaurants are in your town? Right? They all have basically the same business model, but maybe they serve a slightly different audience or they have a unique twist on it. That's kind of the creation piece. The connection piece is where I have a lot of fun. It's this marketing piece. It's the, um, how are you going to get this in front of people? You know, how are you going to Uh, talk to the right decision makers? How are people going to know that you exist? I love talking about all things marketing and discovery. And then the contribution piece is what's the value add? What are people getting out of this? What are your customers? How are they better off at the end of the day after having done business with you? My friend kind of put it this way. So what's the transformation of your product or service? How are people different or better or happier as a result of having done business with you. And so I like to think of that contribution piece as a really kind of a critical piece of the business equation. As I, I think a lot of people, my, myself included in the early days, got into business and side hustles, like for the very noble 
uh, enterprise of like, well, how do I make money? And it's like, well, you know, now 10, 15, 20 years later, it's like, well, money really only follows value and the value is that contribution piece. Yeah, well said. So how long it took you to put those three C's together that this is like the core, you know, thing for any business, right? How long it took you for you? Oh my gosh. So this was <laughs> about a year and a half into the Side Hustle Nation project. There was a local TEDx event happening and I had volunteered the year before because I was like always into watching TED Talks. It's like, oh my gosh, there's one happening like just down the street from us in our town. That's so cool. So I'll, you know, I'll sign up and I'll volunteer. And the next year I, you know, was like, okay, you know, dust off my, my pride and my ego and like, maybe I could submit a speaking pitch, not really understanding how this works. Didn't hear anything back for like months and months and months. And they're like, well, you know, you, you submitted this pitch based on uh, education. Well, that was our theme for last year. Like, oh, I didn't know the theme changes every year. Uh, but this year's <laughs> theme is creativity. You know, what have you got for us on creativity? And I was like, well, as luck would have it, I think that's a really important entrepreneurial skill. And so we kind of went back and forth and was able to get that done. And it was very much um, deer in the headlights, uh, you know, the because they, they did it up with, you know, the red circle carpet and, the, you know, in this dark you know, black box theater. And all of a sudden you're like, man, I hope I have rehearsed this thing enough because now it's like, you know, single take, no notes, no do-overs. And it was something I'm very grateful to have had the opportunity to do, but not necessarily what I'd be seeking out again, just from the nerves standpoint. So once on the mic, you're all intimidation went away, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I could say it. Like my, my throat went bone dry, like 30 seconds oh into this talk. And I, like I was talking to my brother afterwards and he's like, oh, that's a, a physiological stress response to like conserve <laughs> liquids or something. I was like, oh my gosh, that's, but I struggled, struggled through it and, and uh, made it happen. Okay, good. Good for you. All right. So approximately how many people uh, do you think uh, have you helped? Do you keep a tab of how successful they are? I'm asking because um, we offer a training program and are always trying to stay in touch with people who have uh, completed our course, which seems to be a constant struggle. Yeah. It is, especially in, in the world of podcasting, where it's such an anonymous medium, you don't really get a good sense of who's tuning in. You see the blips on the download chart, which for the side hustle show could be 30, 40, 50,000 downloads per episode over the course of a year or two. And it's like, that's a stadium full of people, mm -hmm. but you might only you know get emails back or comments back from, you know, a dozen or even less of that. In some cases, you're like, I know people are out there listening, but it's really frustrating. And in, in that sense, what is awesome is the emails that you do get, or are the emails that you get the, the testimonials, the I heard about this, or I've been listening to you since 2016. And I took action on idea XYZ. And now that's my full time business. Or you meet people at conferences like, oh, I listened to your episode on print on demand. Uh, you know, t-shirt designs or something that last month I made an extra thousand bucks. Like those types of little victories are so cool. I think there's a ripple effect uh, of that. And it's, it's really hard to quantify in a lot of ways, but I do have like one way that I try and do it to just keep tabs is like I have a testimonials tab in Gmail or a label in Gmail. So whenever somebody does send me a nice message, I'll just flag it as a testimonial. And so, uh, you know, if I'm ever feeling down, I can go scroll through those for a little bit, like the thank you notes for putting out this content. 
Mm -hmm. Yes, I understand. And um, how do you select the businesses and companies you have listed on your blogs? Uh, do you charge the companies listed on your site? Most <laughs> of the time, no, For especially for the podcast. Like those are, I'm just trying to find interesting stories and start with the hook or the angle or what would be a creative idea and then go find somebody in the community most often to tell that story. Like, okay, did you build a business around selling digital files on Etsy. Okay. That sounds interesting to me. Like, let's go find somebody to talk about that. Uh, on the blog, it is affiliate driven in a lot of the content to say, well, if you go sign up for DoorDash, for example, there is an affiliate commission or referral commission uh, from DoorDash for referring that new driver to their system. And so a, com a combination of both, like from personal experience, showcasing interesting stories from the podcast, and then, you know, those types of affiliate relationships dictate a lot of the blog content. Okay. <clears throat> so before I move on to my next question, I wanted to tell you what we do here at TCI. We offer an online training program in general transcription, and we have a job board that matches transcriptionists and translators with transcription companies with their unique requirements. We also have accuracy assessment tools for someone to test their transcription skills. Our audience comprises men and women involved in transcription and translation who work from home by choice. So that was the background of our business. So I... Um, Actually, I wanted to ask you, what is the process for businesses to get listed for your clients? So I think you just said that it's through affiliate program. Is that what it is? Right. And so as one example, there was, we did a, like a podcast interview or a, a video interview rather on somebody who started doing transcription from home. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, well, okay, well, how did that work? Uh, how'd you get your first clients? You know, what kind of equipment do you need? Kind of all these basic questions. And I think she referenced a training course that she took. And so one angle would be to showcase success, uh, student success stories. And same thing, like on the podcast itself, my friend who teaches an e-commerce course, like how to set up your own online store. He's like, whenever I feature my student success stories, it doesn't even, there's, it doesn't even have to be a sales pitch. It just naturally kind of, uh, results in sales because now all of a sudden it's instead of him pitching it it's this student kind of pitching their own success as a testimonial for the course yeah i i see under transcription i'm in uh under one of your blogs uh, i see transcription as one of the side hustles and uh, you have our competitor listed there so i'm like <laughs> how do you tci get listed uh, i mean added to your list <laughs> yeah sorry about that <laughs> Anyway, uh, so, um, and do you help match your client's skill with the right side hustle? This is something that I've been, you know, kicking around for years, to be honest, trying to come up with some sort of uh, self-selecting quiz to narrow down this world of side hustle options out there. If you could tell me, and, and I don't know if I could, you know, even if it would even be feasible to ask you know, five or 10 questions and make any sort of meaningful recommendations, but like, um, you know, how many hours do you have to dedicate to this? What kind of skills and experience do you have? What, uh, you know, what would be a, an income goal for you six to 12 months down the line? Like kind of answering these types of questions. Do you want to work from home? Are you open to going out into the world? Like, and then making some recommendations versus just throwing lists of a hundred ideas and 500 episodes at people. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so so you can do that in the future. You can just make a questionnaire and then see how I it would, goes. I would love to. That's definitely something that's on my project list. Yeah, good. All right. And uh, okay, so the most uh, important question. So what are the most popular side hustles according to you? <laughs> I know there are tons of those, but most popular ones. Yeah, most popular where where I tend to focus on are you know freelancing and consulting or service-based businesses, more broadly speaking. You know, have a skill, solve a problem, go out and go out and sell that in the marketplace, whether that's online or whether that's you know in your local community. You see people doing pressure washing and house cleaning services and you know graphic design and transcription and editing and um, freelance writing, all that stuff like would fall under that service-based business bucket. Um, actually we're coming up, we've got like a wedding officiant, you know, she's like, I've officiated over 4,000 weddings. And I was like, okay, you know, that's interesting. You know, I want to learn more about that stuff. Um, bucket number two would be the e-commerce bucket. This would be selling stuff on Amazon, eBay, offer up, you know, doing, starting at the very basic, you know, going to yard sales, going to garage sales and trying to find profitable inventory all the way up to, um, designing a product, having it imported, selling it on Amazon at the higher end of that. And then the third bucket is kind of where I have played most of my career is this online business bucket, this audience building bucket where you're creating content for, um, for you know, for written content in, in the blog form, audio content on the podcast, video content for the podcast. We've seen people doing amazing things on TikTok, Instagram, like whatever your audience building platform of choice is. Once you have people paying attention to you, you've got some flexibility. You could sell advertising against that audience. You can monetize with affiliates. You can sell your own products, your own services. That's kind of where I have spent the most of my time. And I like that business. All these businesses can scale, um, but this one has some unique scale and, and really high margins because it doesn't cost you, cost you the same amount to produce an episode that 10 people listen to as if 10,000 people listen to it. And same thing with email marketing and blogging. If you can kind of tap into that evergreen source of Google traffic, you've got an asset that can pay you pretty predictably uh, for months and months. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, do you help your clients start the side hustles they like? Uh, because I read on your website that you just don't share ideas, concept, and theories, but the nuts and bolts and step-by-step tactics of how to actually get paid. Yeah, that's the that's the big disconnect for a lot of people. <laughs> well, I guess I, I deal with a couple of people. Like the first, the first group is the um, you know, I don't have the the right idea and I am kind of in that idea searching mode and and that's totally fine. And then on the other side, because I've been there too, and on the other side is the person who's like, I got too many ideas. I got to figure out what to do next or how do I narrow this down? But taking that from idea to execution and that that path from idea to, you know, first revenue is uh, a lot of times people like to gloss over that. It's like, no, 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 wait, let's, let's pause there. How did you, so what kind of content did you create? Or how did you do outreach to get this first client? You know, what was in that? What did that email say? What got their attention? Like, I love all of that stuff, like that zero to one kind of story. And, and it's oftentimes, you know, people pivot down the road and maybe it's not, uh, you know, relevant, uh, you know, six years from now or some tactic that they used. But I always think that's really interesting. The fact, you know, for me, it was like house painting in college. And it was just, knocking on doors. Hey, can I come back this weekend and give you a free estimate? And you know, if you do enough of those, some people sign up and say, yeah, come paint, come paint our house, come, come June once school's out. And so all those stories about getting your first customers, I think are fascinating. 
Yeah, I was reading that you you painted house and you uh, sold candies also, right? When you were little. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Any trying to trying to get this stuff done. <laughs> good, good, good. Okay, and uh, uh, also you are a Plutus. Is that how you you say it? Plutus Award winner. Yes. Okay, so tell me what it uh, what is it. Because yeah, I never the, heard of that. Okay. Tell yeah, me. the the Plutus Foundation, I think, is named after the Greek god of wealth or something. I'm not entirely sure. But the okay. Plutus Foundation has this mission to spread um, financial education to the masses. And it kind of is a spinoff uh, from FinCon, which is a financial media conference. And so every year they um, they do a really good job of recognizing creators in that space. And they have a bunch of different categories from financial independence to investing to saving and budgeting and retiring early and all of this um, all this stuff so they do a really good job of recognizing content creators in that space so i'm really grateful to have been a reward participant for that uh, for the plutus awards a couple times now and i think this year i'm actually sponsoring one of their awards because like so as a way to give back to this community and organization Okay, and I just wanted to tell uh, my audience that Nick's audience is around 30,000 to 40,000 audience or listeners per week. And please correct me if my figure is wrong or has it gone up? I don't know, but you have had tremendous success with your podcast. So many congratulations on that. And how long it took you to become that successful? So I was digging into this because just a a couple of weeks ago was we crashed 20 million lifetime downloads. But like we said, I started in 2013. And in that first year, 40,000 total downloads in 12 months. So it was like this really slow ramp up period where I saw just enough traction. I was having, I was having a lot of fun, like connecting with and interviewing people, but as a business definitely didn't justify continuing. And it's just kind of by uh, persistence and repetition and getting better at the craft through practice that I think has made the show into the the relative success that it is. Obviously there's shows that get uh, a lot more traction, but it's definitely become a a full-time business and a and a calling and a part of my identity now where it's like, you know, it's like, oh, I have this podcast and I've, I've started to call myself a podcaster, you know, several years deep into it. And it's become uh, it's become my baby in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and how often you do it? Do you do it uh, every week, every month? Uh, uh, historically, every week. This quarter, I'm experimenting with two episodes a week as a way to try and break through to the next plateau in terms of audience size. So my theory, and this just came from paying attention to other top business shows. You know, A lot of them are publishing two, three, four, five times a week. And it's like, oh, you know, if I'm only out there once a week, they're getting a lot more potential mind share, market share attention, but just by publishing more content. And so I'm testing that out this month in the first month that I have results for this experiment seem to be positive. Like the overall audience size was up about 20%, which was cool. The downside, and this was not unexpected, is that the downloads per episode have shrunk a little bit. And so there's kind of this dance of saying, mm. um, which makes sense. Like if you're putting out more, people are going to be more picky choosy on which ones they listen to, but hopefully giving people more compelling content to go check out and see what might be a good side hustle for them. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And, and where do you see yourself in the next five years? 
that's something I've been thinking a lot about. Like, are there another 500 episodes in me? <laughs> I don't know. As long as it's still fun and exciting, I plan on uh, continuing it for sure. When did you complete your 500 episode? When was that? That just aired last Thursday. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I better follow you and listen to your podcast. I have not done it, uh, frankly, but I will definitely listen to your podcast. I'm sure they are fun and uh, informative. So, okay. So I think I still have a few minutes left and sure. I can't let you go without talking about your cold showers, taking cold showers. <laughs> a fun fact about Nick is that he has been taking cold showers for what, years now? Would you like to tell me more about that? <laughs> I've been off, uh, you know, for full disclosure, I've been off the cold shower kick for a while, but at one point did it for 500 days in a row, started okay. as a challenge from a, from a guest on the show, he challenged me on air. Um, okay. You know, give this a shot, see what happens. Give it a shot for 30 days, see what happens. Like, okay, you know, never mind. I, you know, it was a podcast. I could have edited it out, but no, I left it in there and it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. And it was, could have totally been placebo. But after I started doing it, like some good things started happening. I started getting more clients, started to see a little more traction, started to feel better. And his, um, this was Nick Reese and his, um, theory behind it, I guess he started it originally like as a, as a fat loss thing. And I don't know the science behind it, but me, you're burning extra calories, trying to warm up your body after the fact <laughs> is, was my guess, but is like, you know, if this is the most challenging thing you have to do today, it kind of just energizes you up to tackle, to tackle everything else. Like if I can take this, I can take whatever else the world is going to throw at me. That's kind of the mentality behind it. And I've been trying to kind of start cold and cold lately versus going full cold all the time. It's <laughs> trying to, to kick things loose because that is, especially now we're in uh, Seattle, it's California. It's a little bit colder in the winters and we're trying to get that done, but it definitely, definitely will wake you up. It definitely will give you some focus and energy that yeah, if you're trying to kick things loose, if you're trying to um, just make a, make a positive change, I think it's worth a shot. Give it a try for 30 days, see if you don't feel better. Yeah, I asked you because my husband, um, I guess almost three, four years back, one day he's like, you know, I'm going to take cold shower. I'm like, what? Are you okay? And he's like, <laughs> no. I think he he read somewhere that Anthony Robbins, that that's what he does, but like dipping in, you know, ice cold water and then going in the warm water. And then he just wanted to try that, like in the end, after taking a warm shower, just make it used to make it cold. So we started doing, doing yeah. that also. So we have been doing that. And then, uh, and then lately I have been, you know, like Jack Dorsey and then Madonna, Nicole Kidman, many celebrities and many people are, have been doing it. And they say that it's really good for you for the longevity and many things like your inflammation. So, well, I, <laughs> I, I'll keep doing it actually. And I enjoy it. All right. Well, so, good, good for you. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So it was so much fun talking to you and uh, I wish we had more time, but we are almost out of time. So thank you so much, Nick, for doing our podcast and Oh my God, we learned all kinds of side hustling available and how to be an entrepreneur and many other productive tips. Before I let you go, please tell my audience where and how they can find you. 
of course, would love to have you tune into the Side Hustle Show. And many thanks for having me. Thanks for the opportunity here. Uh, but the Side Hustle Show is available in any podcast app. SideHustleNation.com is the home base. SideHustleNation.com slash ideas is a good place to start. No opt-in required for just kind of that laundry list of different side hustle opportunities, ideas that are out there. Get the creative juices flowing that Minnie and I referenced uh, in this call. All right. Thank you. And you're most welcome. And I wish you continued success with all your endeavors in the future. All right, everyone. I look forward to our next installment of You Speak. Take care and share this with anyone who may find it interesting. Please check out our website at www.transcriptionscertificationinstitute.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Bye and have a great day.